BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. A few weeks ago, I posted an Instagram story inside the Dear Media studio, and I was sitting with Josephine Scriver and Jasmine Tubes. I got so many DMs saying, oh my God, I love Joja. I can't wait for this episode. And so here we are. If there's anyone that I trust for a good workout routine or an even better workout outfit, it's a Victoria's Secret angel. And today we are joined by two. Victoria's Secret alums, Josephine Scriver and Jasmine Tukes have been inseparable for years. As best friends, they've dominated catwalks together, celebrated life milestones together, and are now taking on their biggest venture yet with their new brand, Joja. In 2016, after discovering their shared love for fitness, they launched an Instagram page that shared their healthy lifestyles and fitness tricks, inspiring their fans to find their own accountability partners and get moving. Six years later, the duo have launched their namesake brand to millions of fans worldwide with a very chic assortment of workout outfits that you can mix and match with your workout buddy too. In this episode, Josephine and Jasmine give us a behind the scenes of starting your own brand, from the tools they used to how their love for friendship became the brand ethos. They also share their thoughts on the modeling industry, the recent rebrand of Victoria's Secret, and their best advice for aspiring models. I hope you guys love this episode. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcasts, and make sure you follow us, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in and have an amazing week ahead. Here are my friends, Josephine and Jasmine. Welcome both of you to the show. I'm so excited to have you guys both here. I've been a fan for a really long time and I'm just so excited to see this new chapter for both of you. So thank you. Thank you for having us. We're both very, very excited. It must be such a like whirlwind of a week. You guys had a launch event. You guys sold out. How are you both feeling? I mean, it was so hectic leading up to and then you like you click like live. And you're just like, okay, what's going to happen? And then you have this like account and it starts being ding, ding. <laughs> Start seeing the sales come through. It's pretty crazy. That was wild. It was a really wild feeling and just seeing it and just like seeing the response from people. Very soon people are going to start getting the products in hand. I know. It's so weird to think that there's going to be people walking around wearing JoJo because it's been such a long time coming for us. That's that so exciting. It's like when I actually see someone wearing it, then I'll think like, okay, it's real. That must be so fun. Congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you. You just got married. I did. The most gorgeous, like what a stunning wedding. Thank you. How are you feeling? How's married life? It's great. I mean, it's so weird though, because I feel like our wedding didn't even really happen. Like you planned for so long for like a whole year we planned basically. And then it's over in what feels like five minutes. 
I know. It's such a trippy feeling. It is so weird. But we have our videos to look back on and our photos to look back on. And it was a really special day. You got married in Ecuador, Ecuador right? Yeah, in Ecuador. Insane. I've yeah. never been. It looked absolutely beautiful. And your dress was... It was crazy. And we actually, for. fun fact, we like sold out all of the roses in basically that whole area. No one could get roses for their weddings for like a month after. I, I kind of love that, though. Supporting the community there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the roses that you can possibly all roses. get. Yeah. Oh, that must have been really special for you to see, too, as best friends. Oh, my God. Yeah. Showing up and just seeing that moment and being there for her in that special situation in her life, which is so stunning. And I mean, you totally invited us to what felt like a royal wedding. It was like oh. a fairy tale come true. That's so nice. So I love your friendship. Again, I've been a fan for so long. I've been to multiple Victoria's Secret shows. I actually think I was at the show where you wore the fantasy bra. Really? Oh, yeah, fun. the Paris show. That was a fun show. Yeah, That was a fun show. That yeah. was my, my listeners have heard the story a thousand times. That was one of my first like journalism jobs I ever had. I got to go for Snapchat and did oh, cool. behind the scenes. And it was like such a, that was like kind of the beginning for me. So I hold that show very close. Yeah. I'm sure you do too. One of my Probably favorites. more on a, <laughs> on a more legitimate level. I'm like, yeah. oh, I was helping Snapchat. But you yeah. know, you wore the fantasy bra. That was worth like a couple solid million dollars. That was a very special moment. I think one of my favorite shows for sure. I love that. I would, I would assume so. But I've been to so many shows and I've loved watching both of your careers. But I really have always just admired your friendship because I do think that it's a tough industry to find someone that close. So how did the both of you meet? We actually met, I guess, like sort of 12 years ago, like both starting out completely green in this industry. Backstage with shows. We both had our moms. We were extremely shy and just like sat and was like, oh, Hi. But it was not honestly until we both started Victoria's Secret, we both were like a little bit more mature. My English was getting a lot better. She was not as shy and we started talking and really just had so much in common. And we realized we had this passion for fitness. So we started just hanging out in the gym, going to the gym together. And that from there, this whole like sort of a session with this, this healthy lifestyle, but also having fun at the same time was just really aligned with who we were. She's been an athlete her whole life, as have I. So we just like, there's so much that clicked. And then, yeah, so now we've been official, like really yeah. close for <laughs> nine years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It goes by fast. It's close to it a decade. It does go by fast. Oh my God. I feel like the modeling industry in general gets that stigma of being incredibly competitive. So to find your friend kind of in that situation and find that like endless amount of support is something that I find to be really unique. Did you feel that that was a similar sentiment in that industry, industry during that time? I mean, I think when you used to look at like the 90s supermodels, it was always they were against each other or that's what it seemed like. They were against each other and not friends and not supportive. But the group of girls that we kind of grew up with modeling and the girls that Victoria's Secret chose to be their angels, they were just all such nice girls and we all got along really well. So, I mean, I feel very blessed that I got to get like nine best friends out of that relationship. And yeah, I think it is rare for this industry to have girls that are friends because it is very competitive. I mean, you don't really see that even in other industries. Like you guys are absolute goat status for your industries. You're like Victoria's Secret Angels for years, which is the top of the top. So to see that is really, in my mind, such a special thing. Yeah, I think so many people were actually like really surprised that we were friends. They're like, oh, we think it's just fake in photos. But then they would see us go to dinner or go on right. trips together and they're like, this is so odd, but we yeah, were just I like all keeping so up supportive. this long fakeness for <laughs> yeah. real. Or... We're all super close. I mean, we all hung out this last weekend. <laughs> yeah. And um, we still are, even though people now are doing like some people have moved, some of the girls have moved back home. A few of them are moms now. Obviously, there's a different path, but we still have like a good group chat going on, seeing how everybody's doing, like trying to keep up with everybody's lives as best as we can. Oh my God, who's in the group chat? 
Between all the angels. Ladies, Romy, Taylor, me, you. Romy? Did you say that? Romy, yeah. Sarah? I love this. Sarah. Yeah. I love this. I'm not an angel, but let me know if you need another in the group chat. Like, it's so funny. The, the group chat is called Girls Trip because we've been trying to plan a girls trip for like four years now. and We just never go. But we're just like, OK, one day we'll actually get the girls. Trip. So it was like someone started it being like, OK, we're going to plan this trip exactly. and it never changed. You guys never changed the title. Exactly. No, it's yeah. the girls trip. That's not going to forgot about that. So through all of this, I mean, you guys have walked catwalks together, friendship, businesses as someone who really I love friendship. I named my show after the idea of, you know, that closeness and like being able to share things and share life with other people. What do you guys think has been like the most integral part of keeping your friendship as tight as it has been through like so many different chapters of life? We've been asked this question a lot lately. And I think what we've come down to is just communication. We like are not afraid to say, you know, if we disagree on something and we're always really open and honest with each other and we have a lot of trust in each other as well, especially in business together. You're not supposed to go into business with your best friend. That was the first advice <laughs> that we didn't listen to. Yeah, but it works when we trust each other. Like if I'm not in town, I trust that she can go and like handle something. And I think same vice versa. Oh, 100%. Her. I have a business with my best friend too. And there's been like rocky times, but I think the moments where we've been able to like share like so much like joy and like actually building something outweigh those negative moments. But in those negative moments, we've learned so much about ourselves and how to communicate with each other. I actually think that like for us, the key to friendship has been learning not just communication, but like your own unique communication style. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like he knows that he can't just like text me in the morning and be like, hey, we need this. He has to say, hi, good morning. How are you? Because I'm the most sensitive person on the planet. And the other way around, like he's not sensitive at all. So he just like needs to cut to the point. And both of us have learned that about each other. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like more about it's just for me, it's really been about like, what is the style? Like, like what, how, how do, do you, you talk to that person? Exactly. Yeah. But that's also just growing with each other and like constantly like for us, the communication, like, hey, did you mean it that way? Because that that hurt my feeling or honestly, why haven't you responded or what's going on? Like, and again, just like picking up the slack if somebody is like not able to do because we are also full time modeling as well. Sometimes I'm like, hey, do you mind if I go to like Europe for like three days? Do you got can you handle the shit while I'm gone? And then opposite and just being each other's cheerleaders for when somebody else has like a massive win outside the company, but in their personal journey, that's been a huge one as well. Because mm-hmm. I think if you start feeling like too competitive, then I think it would have been a bad thing. But for us, it's been almost more of a motivation. Oh, okay, she got this. Okay, now let me like, like we almost is more of like a lift each other up. Yeah. I love what you just said about even that moment of saying, hey, I need to go to Europe for three days. Like, can you take this on? I was reading... Gosh, I forget what the article was, but there was something in there that really struck me that was like so much of friendship is about asking if that person has the space in their life to maybe take something on that maybe you need to talk about. So there was like a scenario that they were playing out where, you know, one person was going through something really heavy and the other person was too, but they wanted to communicate it to each other. But one of the friends actually texted the other friend and was like, hey, I'm going through this really tough thing right now. Do you have the space to hear about it. Do you have the space to like help me through it? Because if not, we can table it for another time. But I don't want to like burden you with this if you already have a lot going on in your life. And I loved that because, right, it felt very, it felt really different because I don't think that we're necessarily accustomed to doing that. I think that we, you know, love our friends and think they're always going to be there for us. And while that's 100% a reality, I really, really valued this idea of asking if that person had the space for it. Because I think that that shows your appreciation and respect for the friend too. 
I also think that's very true to the way you get older in, in your life. Like, you have different kind of things to go through. People are getting married. People are getting divorced in our friend group now. People are getting having kids. Like, everybody's dealing with their own thing. Where when you're a teenager and you're young, oh, yeah, everybody listen to my problems. But I think, like you're saying, hey, I'm going through this. Do you have time for me right now? Or whenever you find a window, let me know. Because I know, like, I haven't seen a single person this month because we have been, like, working nonstop. So my friends have been super sweet as well. It's kind of like, hey, once you're ready, I would love a girl's dinner because I would love to need, I need some advice. But I totally understand it right now. You barely, like, function. Right. So talk to me when you're… Yeah, that's like Juan, my husband. He's just been like, I'm going to leave you alone. I know this week is, like, a crazy week for Joja. I'm not even going to ask you, like, do you want to talk about, you know, this or that? He's like, I'm just letting you be because… It would just be a lot if it's it like, was let all me know if, on me. Let me know if you need me. Yeah, type thing. Exactly. yeah. Here if you need me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a good way to go. Because at the end of the day, I think so much of friendship is like, are your realities the same? Can you relate to each other? Do yeah. you understand like what that person's going through? And if not, how do you find a way to meet in the middle? We'll be right back after a quick break. Growing up, there was one thing that I looked forward to every single morning, a bowl of cereal. And to this day, it is still my favorite cheat meal and a major comfort food for me. I do all the fixings, berries, nuts, you name it. And I'm still the kid that loves a midnight bowl of cereal. But here's the thing. It doesn't need to be a cheat meal. I recently stumbled upon Catalina Crunch, a cereal that gives me all the nostalgia vibes without the empty carbs. It's a zero sugar, keto friendly and low carb cereal that packs a whopping 11 grams of plant-based protein and nine grams of fiber per serving. They have eight crave-worthy flavors, so there's something for everyone, and you'll never have to sacrifice your favorites, like cinnamon toast, decadent dark chocolate, and creamy chocolate peanut butter. Personally, I love the cinnamon toast. It's crunchy, just like our classic beloved cereal, but it's gluten-free, brain-free, non-GMO, and only has clean, real ingredients. You can enjoy it at any time of the day and any way you want, except the people who don't add milk to your cereal. I don't think we can be friends. Catalina Crunch is the fastest growing cereal brand in America. It's the cereal we deserve and can finally indulge in guilt-free. Go to catalinacrunch.com backslash friend for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. That's catalinacrunch.com slash friend. Not sure which flavor to start with? Try a variety pack and check out their delicious cookies and snack mixes while you're at it. Again, that's catalinacrunch.com backslash friend for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. If you're a fellow dog parent, I'm going to let you in on my best kept secret that not only helped me train Bodhi, but became his favorite thing in the world. It's our Diggs crate. Not only has it become Bodhi's safe place at home, but it was the answer to all of my prayers for a cute crate that was easy to use, but also chic at home for a first time dog mom. When Diggs CEO Zell adopted his rescue dog, he found that there weren't very many high quality, well-designed products out there for her. He founded Diggs to give pet parents a better option. It made crate training beyond easy. The first night I actually got Bodhi, he walked right into his crate and slept a full eight hours, which is completely unheard of. That's how much dogs love the Revolve crate. There's convenient features like an included puppy divider that I moved further back over time and as Bodhi got bigger, and a ceiling hatch for easy accessibility. When buying a Diggs crate, your dog is getting the very best. The Revolve crate is an attractive, collapsible dog crate that's easy to set up, transport, and store. It literally takes me 30 seconds to break down Bodhi's crate, and the wheels make it so easy to get from our house to the car to the next destination so that we can bring Bodhi's home with us wherever we go. All of their products are made by industry material standards because our pets deserve it. 
They have a really special in-house team of designers that work to develop every product to the best it can be. Their products are designed with a safety-first mindset, but they're also aesthetically pleasing. Plus, it's available in multiple colors and sizes to suit every home and pup. A year after getting Bodhi, our Revol Crate is at the top of my must-have list for dog parents. So visit www.digspet.com and use code PODCAST20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's www.digspet.com and use code PODCAST20 at checkout. Now let's get back to the show. So you said you're both still modeling, which obviously is the bulk of your career. But for so long, you guys were both with Victoria's Secret, which was, you know, what you both really were known for. In the past two years, there's obviously been a huge shift with the brand. I'd love to hear your thoughts looking at it now as the brand has just kind of started to roll out some new campaigns. What are your thoughts on the rebrand and what they're you know, trying to put forth now? I mean, I think with Victoria's Secret, it was always this big, beautiful, like glorified thing that we always dreamt to be in. And we had the most amazing time. I cannot say one bad thing about my experience, but I do think it was time for them to change. And the world changed over COVID. And I think we all had time to like slow down, look around, connect with each other. And I think there was a lot of things, not just for the modeling industry, but for a lot of the industry that needed to change. So it needed to be voices heard, different body images. And I think we all needed that rebranding almost of the world. And I'm glad that Victoria's Secret followed along with that because it was about time. Yeah, I definitely agree. It was nice. I was, uh, I think I read an article four or five days ago that they're actually working with their first transgender woman of color for a campaign that they're working on, which is so amazing to see. I think, you know, when we were growing up looking at Victoria's Secret, they never made room for anything like that. And so it was it's I was reading the article and it was I actually then went on the girl's Instagram and was reading through comments and seeing so many people say, wow, this really changes my perception of what I believe is possible in the world. And that that in and of itself is just such a game changer. And, you know, not that I condone anything that was done in the past, but seeing it now, I do love a redemption story. I do love the opportunity to change and use a platform that big Mm -hmm. to make positive change. Yeah. And I I think they had a hard time figuring out how to do it. Yes. And throughout the years, we threw a lot of ideas at them that probably would have helped (laughs) before that big kind of like boom. But I think it just took them trying, testing out new people coming in, like from the heads of Victoria's Secret all the way down right. to the models and seeing what works. And I think they're still trying to figure out what really works. But I think they're on some sort of right path. It's a brand, it's a brand I love. So I don't of want course. to see them like crash and burn. So I hope they figure it out. I also hope that the world allows for growth and change. I hope that whenever it's, you know, a person getting canceled, a company getting canceled, but if they actually like take three steps back, look themselves in the mirror and correct, I hope we will accept that change within them. And like, see, hey, they listen, maybe not as quick as we would like to, but we all are different places in our life. And sometimes it takes longer to learn certain things. But like they are doing a big thing now. Brands out there, not just Victoria's Secret, but so many brands, the industry has listened. It's taken the industry so many years. I mean, it was even down to that there was one of you on yeah. the runway. When, when, you, I used, you started. when I did shows, I was the only black girl on every single catwalk. It was either me or like Joan Smalls. It was one of us. And there was like, now there's like 20 black girls on the runway and mixed like Asian, you know, there's, it's crazy. It's been really cool to see being in an industry for over a decade and seeing the change and the growth in that direction has been really inspiring to be part of. Thinking through this question of, you know, six years ago, I was like, wow, this is so long ago. 
And for you guys to be still at the top of your game, still at the top of your league, to look back on that, I wonder what that reflection is from now to then seeing how much change there has been in your industry specifically. It's crazy. I mean, it doesn't even seem real, like how much change there's been for me. I think think the whole, I think it would have maybe taken longer if it wasn't for COVID. I think everybody got the chance to kind of do a proper reset, whatever it's for pivoting of your careers as a personal model or brands, or just like the, the society as a whole. And it somewhat felt like it changed overnight because you walked out the door after COVID and the world was different. But I think we needed that kind of reset. Also, I feel like a lot happened with the Me Too movement, especially with Victoria's Secret. Like that was where everyone really took a step back and looked at the company and was like, okay, what's going on here? I have been loving asking this question lately because I'm getting very specific answers. But in the modeling industry now, for both of you as women who have grown in your career and are now focusing on families and kind of a new chapter of your life and business, is there something in the modeling industry that you both would love to see that changed? Hmm. I don't know. Because it's changing like by the minute right now between like they're opening the doors for quote-unquote normal people and influencers and you're seeing different sizes and age groups. One thing I still think you can explore is ageism and that's just between Hollywood, everything and women in general. You're not allowed to age. That's maybe one thing. But I think we're on the right track for a lot of change. I think for me what I notice like talking about the whole like diversity and everything and body inclusivity is that still high fashion runway shows are doing the same thing. Right. So I'm like, if all these commercial brands have to, or not have to, should be like having different body types and all these different ethnicities, like I feel like high fashion should probably jump on too. (laughs) I find that fascinating. I'm like, everyone's getting attacked, but then like all these other super high end brands are just like living their lives. Find it fascinating. It's like this own little bubble that they think they live in where it just like doesn't matter. It's It's like couture. (laughs) No, it's like, it's like couture rolls around and all of a sudden we're back a decade ago. Yeah. It's it's really it baffles me every time. I'm like, how come everyone else is shifting and changing? But then the high fashion brands, which I love, are just like they're do they get think, away with it. Do you think there could be something with the diversity of America and the difference for Europe? That it takes a lot longer over there? Yeah, maybe. Just yesterday looking at the recap from Copenhagen Fashion Week and a friend of mine is a amazing fashion photographer. And he actually kind of wrote an op-ed on his Instagram. Like he, he'll write these really beautiful pieces of like his perspective. He said something where he was like, every single time I go to this fashion week, in the beginning when I first started going, it was, there was zero diversity at all. But the minute that they kind of had that reckoning of, to themselves, they immediately opened up the floodgates. And today he was like, this is the most diverse fashion week that I go to. He was like, I see people from all walks of life, whether it's in street style, on the runways. He was like, it's really amazing to see that this small bubble, in my mind, one of the smaller fashion weeks, but one of my favorites, ends up being the one that showcases the world versus the ones in Paris that have the biggest global stage (laughs) are the ones that are falling short. Yeah, I mean, even more impressive, I find with Copenhagen Fashion Week, I'm actually from Denmark. Right. Um, I was waiting for you to be like, well, (laughs) if you want to talk about this. (laughs) No, but like, I love because they are not a diverse country. Right. So they actually like, it was them accepting that and be like, hey, we might not be that diverse, but we will really work hard and find a minor- minorities in our, our country and use that. I think even has just like shifted, not just from Fashion Week, but something has happened to Copenhagen in the last five years with a different kind of foods. Like I grew up, we couldn't find Mexican food anywhere. And I took my fiance who's Mexican and he was like, what is this? 
And now we have Mexican restaurants. We have different cuisines. Like we have like explored and opened our borders because we were very much when I was growing up a bubble. Denmark was its own little thing and you didn't really leave. But now I feel like people are moving there, not just in fashion, but in design, in the film industry, in cuisine. Like our food situation right now is just booming with so many different, we have the two best restaurants right now. (laughs) I mean, Copenhagen is one of the most spectacular places I've ever been to in my whole life. I have had I had so much fun every single time that I went for Fashion Week. And I think the other part that I was that always kind of sticks with me that's different than any other place. I remember sometimes I would like skip a show because I'd be like, I just want to go take a scooter and like go around (laughs) the town. Like, I'm really sorry that I'm skipping the show, but like I just want to go explore. And I did that a few different times and would just go find these really cute restaurants or beautiful gardens. It's really one of the most like amazing cities I've ever been to. Yeah, I'm proud of it too. (laughs) Yeah, I actually read something recently that they plant fruit trees all over the city so that people that live in Copenhagen can just go get fruit from the fruit trees. Amazing. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Modern civilization. They do a lot of these things to like always have like a back thought for society. Yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, I totally agree with you that like it's just interesting to see that these I, I don't I actually don't know what that moment is going to be for the switch for them. Because it's like after all of this, would I would think that maybe, you know what's interesting? I think I see more age diversity on those mm-hmm. runways than I see actual like human diversity. Yeah. And I find that to be very interesting that like mm-hmm. maybe the aesthetic of, you know, a gray hair, gray haired woman is more like uh, apparently quote unquote appropriate to them. I yeah. even like hate yeah. this sentence coming out of my mouth, but yeah. like that to them feels more like on brand. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's cheap. <laughs> no, I mean, I also think there's also like the whole, it is just more effort to put into. Like we're starting a brand and we were talking like, okay, what's the sizes we can do for Joja? What can we afford? Because how much fabric we do need to buy? And for us, right. it's like, well, we're not going to, we will rather like less, make less styles if we can't afford it for everybody. So for us, it was important that we had from extra small to double XL because we want to be inclusive. But almost every brand makes one sample in small or like tiny. And that's what goes in the runway. So you're sample ready. Whereas there's got to be a shift in the industry where samples can be two different sizes. There has to be a shift where we normalize the process of making clothes, the process of coming up with the designs. Because right now, it's an industry. like You're a sample size and you fit down the runway. Same. There's only two shoe sizes you can fit in. There's one dress size. So until they learn how to like fix that from like the ground up, I think we're going to see a difficulty for even for us. We fit our clothes in like different body sizes because we couldn't just fit it to us and then just grade it up. It wouldn't fit the same way on women on different body types. We'll be right back after a quick break. I've been incorporating nootropics into my health routine lately. And if you're someone that's interested in boosting your brain health, here's why you should too. To anyone who's struggling with focus, energy, or motivation, here's something you should know. It's not you. It's your brain. This is why I started taking Thesis, a personalized supplement that helps me take control of my mind and create habits that last and give me a boost. Thesis makes personalized supplement formulas that are specifically designed to boost cognitive function. It's based on the science of nootropics, which are natural and powerful ingredients like caffeine, ginseng, and B12 that increase productivity, focus, energy, and mental clarity. You'll feel energized without crashing and cut through brain fog to think really clear. Or you'll get a little help with motivation to find your flow. Go online and take their three-minute quiz and Thesis will recommend high-quality nootropic formulas that are unique to you and your goals. 
My formula actually included nootropics that help with clarity, motivation, energy, and creativity, which are all things that I really need on a day-to-day basis because I know that I bounce between being creative and executing a ton of emails. Over 60,000 entrepreneurs, lawyers, engineers, busy professionals, and parents have used Thesis to get better results at work and home. Imagine what you could do with Thesis. Right now, Thesis is offering you guys 10% off your first starter kit when you visit takethesis.com backslash friend. Go to takethesis.com backslash friend to take the quiz and discover your unique nootropic combination and save 10% off on your first starter kit. That's takethesis.com backslash friend and make sure to use our unique URL to let them know that we sent you. Now let's get back to the show. How fun is it for you guys now having like one worn other people's clothes for like a decade plus to now take all that knowledge into your own brand? Because anyone can start a brand. Not anyone, obviously. Like you have to have some sort of acumen for starting a brand. But you guys have a whole other level of experience for so long of, you know, wearing sample sizes, wearing things that are not, knowing what consumers like, knowing what works on a runway. How has that been for you guys? It's been super interesting to be on the other side of things. And I have a whole different respect for brands and how everything is run. But we we took so much knowledge from like working in this industry for 12 years. We have probably been in every leisure brand on the planet. So I feel like we're kind of experts in this field. <laughs> Work out every day, has tested things, no. And then we're just also fascinated by the female body. And I always found, we both did, we've been discussing it for years, that they're made for like performance, but less the body of a woman. There's always the line cuts off wrong. This is done weird. It's just, and that was what we spent like what the last nine months was like basically not so much the design, but actually making sure the line was perfectly equipped and like it swoops in with your lower back and that fits. So yeah, we're very passionate about it. What I love about this business, I've seen you guys posting on JoJo since 2016, 17. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been so, crazy. so long. I love that this came out of like this accountability partner relationship that you guys have had. But I would love to hear a little bit of like the idea that you guys have built this community online with almost close to a million followers and taking that community and then building a collection out of it. What has been like some of the insights that you've taken from this like incredible, very, very inspiring and like fun community that you've built? And what were the like thoughts that you took into building the brand based off of that? Yeah, so building the brand was very organic for us. We didn't build Joja thinking, oh, we're going to make an activewear brand down the line. We built it like, oh, we're just going to show our workouts. And that's just what it was. And then I would say, what, like three, four years into it, people started asking, oh, what are you guys wearing? Every time we would go live, what workout outfit are you wearing? Or she would wear a black outfit and I would wear a white outfit. And we would swap tops so that we were like kind of twinning, but kind of not. That's cute. And girls would go crazy over that. So when it came to designing our clothes, we wanted to make clothes that you could swap and play around with your girlfriend or have like a partner combo. So in one of our outfits, we have a long sleeve that's green and then the base is black. And then she would wear the black sleeve with the green base. Cute. So it, it became really fun and we really designed our clothes based on our community. What really, really surprised us was this fitness buddies that I found around the globe. Yeah. Whatever they like got closer with the people they weren't with in their own town or like they got extra clothes with girlfriends. But we also found that like, like some of the community members meet online and they'll like have they like, go live with each other on their own. On their like, own hey, without a workout. And one they're is like, in Philippines, one is in like Europe. And they like else. figured out with time zones and they join us. And we have like I think what I inspire us to keep going and what inspires us as motivates us as well to keep staying healthy and working out is like seeing those friendships translate 
in the community as well. Right. Seeing that what we inspired and what was the hardest thing for us always being in the go was like been a motivation. But knowing you had someone, whatever Jasmine was in town, and we we're here or we were overseas, far from each other, just that texting, like, hey, have you done your workout today? That accountability really was motivating. And they're finding that in each other worldwide on this platform, which was really cool to yeah, see. So this sweet. feels really primed for like an app. Maybe coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> they both just got very shy, which means it's just spot on. So funny. People always come to us and they're like, oh, you guys should do this or you should do that. And we're like, well, you did just do it. I'm a big, I'm you a should big. see the vision board. Yeah. I mean, you guys just did launch a brand. So I'm not going to be that person that's like, what's next? Start an app. I totally get it. But no, I mean, like, that's, that's so special to like know that you're connecting people like that. So I feel like doing it in a place where it's like all centralized and you can be hosting workouts together yeah. seems really fun, especially during COVID. I feel like people loved that. Like I was talking with my producer the other day about, you know, I used to never do YouTube workouts or like virtual workouts at all. Nothing. Like Same. I would always go. And now I'm like obsessed with this girl on YouTube and like would do her workouts all the time. And it's just a total shift. And you really do feel this connection to people and no matter where they are in the world. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I also never used to do online workouts or anything. And now I'll go on YouTube, watch one of our YouTubes or watch some other, these two girls I love, their YouTube workouts. Or um, we go to live ask, together. Have to ask who? Pamela Reeves. Do okay. you ever do her workouts? I don't. Or She's Chloe great. Ting. <laughs> Pamela Reeves kills the abs. Yeah, it's good. Have you done Chloe Ting's workouts? No, but that was the other one who was always recommended to me. Yeah. Maybe... I remember the first time I tried it, I might have like done one that was a little too fast paced for me. And I was like, whoa, the world's spinning. Like, I don't know what's going on. But no, we, my producer and I were talking about Blogilates the other day. She's oh, like, oh yeah. she's fun too. Yeah. She's just fun. She's yeah. a lot really of fun. funny. Yeah. I, I really enjoy, I just enjoy how real she is. And yeah. like, she just kind of seems like she's in her own world. And yeah. we were talking about how just kind of very like human and realistic she is she, like with her goals and how she doesn't really like sacrifice that for anybody. Like if she's like, I want to put on more muscle. And like our audience doesn't like that. She's like, I don't care. It's what I want to do. do it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I like that. I really appreciate that, especially now where I feel like it's difficult to kind of stick to your guns on the Internet. I'm yeah. also really, really motivated by Melissa with health. Oh, my God. She I'm... does such a good job and seeing her juggling her fitness journey while being a full time mom. Yeah, that's really cool. I was listening to Amanda Clute said this the other day where mm -hmm. she was like working out's not a chore. It's something that you should wake up every day and feel grateful to do. It's not something yeah. that you have to do. It's something yeah. that you are lucky enough to be able to do. Yeah, and I agree. That's kind of in my brain right now being like, Olivia, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so you just launched a collection with 28, 28 pieces, 28 different SKUs. I am someone who like loves to watch people launch brands. I find it really, really fun. I think in like the world that we're in, I just think it's the way that people do it, the marketing campaigns, how much comes out. I'm very, I geek out over it. I find it very fascinating. You two could have done this with anyone. I can say with 100% certainty that any retailer, any partner would have built this brand with you guys. Why did you choose to do it on your own? We were actually approached by quite a few people to throw our name on something or do Joja X, this company. And we almost did it. We were literally like pen to the paper. We got the contract the in contract. hand. And COVID hit literally like wow. two days later, lockdown in LA. And we kept going over the contract over and over again. And we're like, something no. didn't like, feel quite right. We were so like was, protective of this baby. Yeah. Where we see so much potential. And that there was a lot of like direction we wanted to go in that clashed with some of these things. There wasn't the freedom we wanted. But before COVID, we were both like so busy. It was tough to 
imagining having the amount of time. I don't think we could have with how much time we actually have to work on this. Yeah. So like the brands that we wanted to partner with, they were basically going to just give us a whole team and be like, okay, here you guys pop in, you do the designs and then you pop out and then you come back once a week and meet. And with COVID hitting, I was like, Joe, I think that we can do this on our own. We saw how good other activewear brands are doing, like becoming unicorns, like billion dollar businesses in like such a short time. And I'm like, if we partner with something or with some other company, that's not going to happen. It's going to take away our own brand identity. And we need to really think like, do we want to do this? And my husband is one of the main people that I feel like was like, you guys need to do this on your own. Like you guys can kill it. You can learn about it. We're like, we don't even know what to do. And he's like, just talk to people. We took a million interviews with so many different people just learning about how do you design, how do you make a tech pack? How do you find a designer? How do you drop a first collection? Like what is, what goes into launching a brand basically? And we gained so much knowledge between now and a year ago that we were able to like just really do it ourselves. We're self-funded and um, it's been a lot of learning, but it's been a lot of We're still learning. There's still little kinks here and there that we're still. But if you would have asked us a year ago, like, how do you do this? We would have been like, um, I don't know. But now you can pretty much ask us anything about launching a brand or building your own clothes and we can tell you. And that's also honestly been the fun part of it. It's right. been so fun and so rewarding seeing all that work and just learning. And I think we have been the face for other brands for so long. We've been these glorified hangers selling other people's products. But getting to like actually go down there and have the full say, which is also scary because like it's fully on us. But it's really, really cool. Yeah, People are like, are you guys going to hire someone to come in as CEO? And we're like, what? no. <laughs> it's so funny. Like this is such a, a how crazy is that statement? Like, yeah. that's insane that someone comes up to you and says that. Not to, yeah. like, be that person, but no, no one's crazy. saying that to a guy. <laughs> no, I mean, no, we, constantly that's have really to defend, yeah. we constantly have to defend that we did this on our own. Or even just, like, it is shock to people. People think it must be this whole massive machine behind. And we just hired it our even first like, assistant. Yeah, yeah, we're three people. <laughs> yeah, we're a team of three. I um, mean, that's the, but what's, to me, it's like, you guys already, you built it already. Like, you have this community of people that love and respect you guys and, want to work out the way you guys do. Yeah, so it's, it's already there. Like, for us, we see so many girls around us, models, actresses, throw their names on stuff. And you can tell that they throw their name on it. And we were like, we want, we really want people to know like how much we did this from the ground up. And I think they see it because we're involved in everything. And I also think our community deserved that. They deserve that we didn't just slap our name or yeah. something. Because what, yeah. what they have been able to like get from us and what we've gotten from them and what we built together in this like almost like the safe environment, I would hate to just have thrown that away over something that, but that was what the industry used to be. It used to be like you would like as a model, certain parts of your career, you start slapping things and you, your name on things and then you go from there. And I think we both are too, too business minded, too entrepreneurial to like let other people have a say. So the second anyone's like, no, no, don't worry, we have a design team. I'm like. We don't need a design team. Like we, oh, we have like this. We're like, no, we want to do that. Like we sat and like put everything in on the website set and like color corrected the things that was wrong. I mean, it was long days, but it's so rewarding because at some point, if you want to grow bigger, we will need help because we can't be everything at all times. (laughs) But it's really fun to at least for now wear all the hats and learn from that and then figure out, okay, but also realizing now there's some some parts are not our strength and right. actually delegating that part and be like okay this is where we struggle this is where we could have done better this is where we felt short and realizing okay th- 
this is where we hire we want to hire an expert who's really good at this so we can go back to designing so we can go back to like not hustling and bustling about like the little things that happen every time somebody can't click a button or an email has responded after the past year of what sounds like so much research what's the most important thing you think you both have learned as business owners I think it's knowing what you're good at and what you're not that one I think is one of the ones we're learning right now is that we will have to delegate some things but we're both very perfectionist and wants to be have a finger in everything and it's tough to let go I think for me it's patience just even thinking now we have so many fun cool designs that are coming out in like a few months and I'm like oh I just want it now (laughs) I keep having to tell her you can't just have a new favorite baby like all the time like the next one's so good but I have to be like okay all in good time yeah all in good time so when is the next collection coming out we're hoping end of March but that's another thing that we've learned is things always take a little bit longer than expected fun words like supply chain and demand supply chain the biggest buzzword I've heard in the past like two weeks I'm in the middle of construction on an apartment I'm moving into and it's like if I hear supply chain one more time I'm going to explode oh we just we sold our house in Nashville and I was a window issue and oh supply chain for glass it's like eight months away. And I was like, chain for wood floors. It's crazy. It is crazy. So it's, it's affected every industry. But yeah. I also hope that customers have been more susceptible to it and yes. are a little bit more understanding. And I feel like our community, because we are so honest with them, like, hey, guys, we're trying <laughs> so hard. Like, we literally went down to our factory yesterday. Be like, hey, we sold out. When can we get something back? At what time do we do pre Like, just give us one style back. We don't right. like we will do. Yeah. What can we do? Can we come down? We'll, we'll sew, it sew it ourselves if we have to. I mean, if Adele has to postpone her show because of supply chain issues, I think there we're, go. we're going to yeah. be okay. So next, you're hoping to launch another collection end of March. Is that like the cadence you guys want to launch moving forward? Or is it going to be like whenever you guys plan? What's, I, what's ideally, the if we get everything constantly rolling on a... Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like having new things to like... She so always wants to say, she's like the next toy. baby. Next like, baby. okay, we have these pants. Now we do the next one. Thank you both so much for coming on the show. This Thank was so you. fun. I loved hearing about your career in such a personal way. It was really, really a joy to talk to you both. And congratulations on Joja. Thank, Thank you. you. If you guys want to shop the collection, I will link it in the description of this episode. Yay. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.